today I will speak about the importance of being discipled and growing as ways, the importance of not accepting to be stagnant in the ways of the Lord. We cannot be at the same level. We must grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. This is the exhortation that Peter is, is giving to us. And I pray this morning that the Lord will bless us as we start a series of three sermons on parenting and discipling. I encourage you to open your Bibles in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18 to 25. And the first part of the sermon of the series is God's perfect design for the family. We begin with the book of Genesis where God created a family. Genesis chapter 2 from verse 18. May the Lord add his blessing to his word, to our hearts. Then the Lord God said, It is no good that a man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground the Lord had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he will call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God has, had taken from the man, he had made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This at least is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Praise God for this portion of his word. We are here on this earth to bring glory to God. There is no other purpose. As people have been forgiven as people who have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus, He shed on Calvary for us, we have the responsibility to increase God's kingdom by pursuing the goal to make other disciples of Jesus Christ. As a church, we have the responsibility to do that because this is the reason why we live. Now, if we have the responsibility to make disciples and to be a disciple's that will reproduce other disciples, I believe that families have a, a special role to play in that process. Family is part of God's perfect design since creation. We are constantly seeing God referring to family. God established the family first in the book of Genesis. But if we go through the scriptures, we see how families are very important to God. Now, when I say family, I know that we think right away to marriage. But we have an extended family. And it's the church of Jesus Christ. Most of the time, the Bible refers to the church as the family of God. As the people that are united, not by relationship only, by blood, but also by spiritual tie. 
because we have been adopted in the family of God. We were not part biologically. We are not the one of the family. But Jesus in his mercy and through the love of the Father adopted us by the power of the Holy Spirit in being part of the family of God. So this message, even if it will refer specifically to marriage in itself, most of the time, also includes all of us. Those who even are married, those who don't have even children. We all become part of the family of God. Because even if you don't have biological children, you can be used by God to have spiritual children. People that you disciple, people that you share the gospel. So each one of us is encouraged to be part in understanding that is part of the family of Jesus Christ. Please don't feel excluded. If you are not married, if you, don't have, if you are married and maybe you have a child, you know that this message includes you also. Because there are truths that you can apply in your spiritual walk with Christ. This is very important. I firmly believe, as I said before, that the church has the responsibility to bring the gospel and to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ as the Savior of the world. But I believe also that a family has a special place in this. And I like to consider a quote from uh, uh, the work of Jonathan Edwards, the great preacher of the Great Awakening in the North America, when in his famous farewell sermon, believe it or not, he was one of the greatest preachers, but the church put him in the condition to leave the church because of all different reasons. But in that sermon, he shared a concern. And he said, yes, we can have a different uh, ways to think how organizing and run the church. But let's not forget the gospel, the role of making disciples. And he was addressing the families. I read this quote because it really blessed me. He said, every Christian family has to be as it were a little church. Consecrated to Christ and wholly influenced and governed by his rules. And family education and order are some of the chief means of grace. If it is failed, all other means are likely to prove ineffectual. If it is are duly maintained, all the means of grace will be likely to prosper and be successful. So Jonathan Edwards, years before today understood the importance of the role of the family in making disciples. And I really thank God for families that are understanding this point. I really thank God for a church that understands the privilege that we have to make disciples for Jesus Christ. You see, God's design for parenting expands far beyond childbearing. We have a, a greater Mission to accomplish. Parental influence is a paramount in shaping a child's worldview. The children will learn more than we think. They have ears to hear. They have telescope, a microscope to watch whatever we do as adults. And the families have that responsibility to bring them to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Parents are to impress the commands of God. We will look in another two sermons, the role of uh, 
the parents in raising the children in the fear of the Lord. But what is important for us in this first message is understanding that God creates opportunities for us to raise disciples within our own families. And I give glory to God for this. So let me share some points with you this morning. First of all, family is strictly connected to marriage. The family is a fundamental institution that God created to bless human society. And if we look around today, one of the greatest attacks that the enemy of our soul is bringing in society is breaking down families. Look, families disappearing from all the picture of education. Children don't learn how to make family. Marriage is discouraged. Companionship is encouraged, but marriage is discouraged. Common law is recognized publicly and more eventually easy to receive from the majority of the people. There is this strange idea that if you live a common law, you are free. But if you married, you are in prison. That's the reality, especially here in Quebec. You see how the enemy is influencing, is bringing, is bombarding our soul and our mind with this thought that marriage is not profitable. Because if we break the family, we break society. And um, look around yourself. The government is spending money to help the dysfunction of families, but they are not encouraging families in itself. And this is the reality that we must to face. And I believe that as a church, we have to be aware and we have to preach of the importance of getting married. The importance of uh, protect the institution of marriage. It's something that God wants us to do. Please understand that this message is not against the people who are single. That's not my, my focus. But I'm saying that biblically speaking, God is encouraging the institution of family through marriage. Now, I know that there is a very delicate point here. And as much as I respect the decision that people maybe have taken in their lives, I need to be clear. Biblically speaking, the message that the Bible is giving to us is that marriage is between a woman and a man. There is no other type of marriage allowed in the scripture. And I know it's controversial, it's against the current to say that, but we have the responsibility. If we look at the different passages of the Bible, we see that marriage is always man and a woman, covenant. And it's important because every new marriage, each new marriage forms a new entity or partnership that the Bible calls family, that has spiritual also responsibilities that override the social responsibilities. You see, God blessed Adam and Eve and created them, and Adam was blessed by the formation of the creation of Eve. Despite the falling on sin, I believe that this was something that God ordered to bless Adam. Then the Lord God said, it is no good that a man should be alone. 
Look at the intention of God. I will make him a helper fit for him. To bless their union. And to bless also Eve from the union with Adam. So if we look at this statement, we understand also that through the creation of the family, God showed his own character. If you love arts, you know that a masterpiece of an artist also shows the character of the artist itself. I don't know if you ever had the chance to see the Sistina Chapel in Vatican City. When you see all the painting and the fresco that Michelangelo painted, it's amazing. And you can see also some traits. If you know the history, the biography of Michelangelo, you understand why he painted in that way. He put in that painting his own heart. He expressed his creativity, but also his personality. Now, God is telling us that he created everything. If you read the first two chapters of the book of Genesis, you will understand the, the heart of God in creating everything. He spoke and the ocean was. He spoke, and the mountains were created. Skies were created. Stars were created. Planets were created. What a genius is our God. But only when he created man and female, he say that this was very good. To say that this was the masterpiece, the excellence of everything. And you know why this happened? Because God created as his own image. So when we understand that we are the reflection of God's character, and when we understand that the character of God is reflected also in the family, in marriage, we understand also the importance of marriage in itself in the scripture. And now God is preserving that institution against the attack of the enemy. Now, if we read in Genesis 1.27, we read, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. It's very clear. The creation of God was done to bless the man and the woman. But a masterpiece was the creation of a couple. And I really thank God this morning that we can stand on the sacred ground of marriage. And we have to do everything to understand the blessing that there is in marriage. Let me take a, a next step also on that. Today many people are afraid to get married because they want to take the responsibility to be married. The covenant, the commitment... They want to receive love, but not being willing to give love, no matter what. And I believe that is very important. And let me tell you this to my friend and fellow men here that are not married yet. And I pray that this eventually will happen. This is more for men the problem than for women. Men are afraid to take responsibilities today. But young men, I'm telling you, that it's beautiful to be married. Thank you. <laughs> there is an encouragement that comes from the concept 
a oneness. It is the expression of God's will for marriage in itself. Oneness is a foundational teaching that can have a profound effect on marriages and families. Is the scripture encouraging men and women to be and to become one? If I look at, at the passage that we read in verse 10, 24 of chapter 2 of Genesis, it says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. The two, they become one. The word they was taken again and repeated by Jesus himself. Jesus, he was repeating and quoting this passage, but he gave more understanding when in Matthew chapter 19, verse 4 to 6, he taught these words to the Pharisees that were asking questions about marriage. He said, he answered, have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And said, therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. The two become one. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. The concept of oneness is so, so important. You know, this is the, the math of God. One plus one makes one. I know it. You were expecting two, but one plus one in God's math makes one. God wants. Husband and wife becomes a new, to become a new entity called family where the two different individuals mix together, blended together. They form a new entity called couple, called family. And you cannot, and I want to be clear on that also, that you cannot become true one if you also don't share your spiritual component. Your faith, your faith, your beliefs. How can you become so intimate to become one if you don't share also what you believe? If you don't share the goal to be everything with the purpose that you have to give glory to God. How can you become one with another person that cannot share the same values that you share? That's why when I counsel young couples for marriage, I say, wait a minute, reflect a little bit more than the butterfly that's going inside your stomach. When you saw her, you saw him. And there is more than that. What is your project? What is your purpose as a couple? Do you have a, a mission statement that you are building up? There is in you the purpose to glorify God with uh, your union. Because if there is no such goal in your life, don't ask to marry you. There is no purpose. It's not just a day that you come and you have a nice ceremony and that's it. There is more than that. There is a blessing that will add daily as you walk together in unity, in oneness. And I believe that marriage is the super glue where there is no longer any division because... 
the glue is just not the institution. It's Jesus himself. It's faith in Jesus that keeps these two people together. And I'm saying something I want to make clear. Even Christian couples struggle. You know, when I hear people that never struggle, I don't believe it. I'm sorry. <laughs> there are struggles. But we face them with our hope and faith in Jesus Christ. We know that made a covenant, a commitment to stick with the wife, with the husband, no matter what. Because we want to honor God. And we want to make it possible for him to take glory in our lives through the marriage that we have. And there are moments, maybe in the flesh, where you would like to bless your, your wife with a, a very strong embrace on her neck. <laughs> or vice versa. You want to give and receive a mutual blessing. But you remember, I made a vow. Right? <laughs> You understand what I'm trying to say? There is a mutual commitment that goes beyond the struggles that we have. It is to honor God. Because our purpose is to bring glory to His holy name. So marriage is the place where family are formed. Then family is the primary setting for parenting. Children are gifts from God to parents. And I truly believe that God had not only formed male and female individuals, but also he has given and designed the marriage to bless them with children. The Bible says very clear that the children are gifts from the Lord. They're gifts. And we are not the owners. We are just stewards of the children that God has given to us. God has ordained that children be brought into the world only through the procreative activity of husband and wife. Despite what society can influence, the psychologists they say, let's understand that there is a security when children are raised in an environment where the unity of the couple is so evident. And I want to encourage you today if you are a parent and you are a single parent this morning, if you maybe had a child outside the bond of marriage, don't lose hope. God is the one that can restore lives. God is a God of hope. He can give you hope and raise your child because he's the father of the orphans, the fatherless. And the psalmist says that will bring the solitary in a family. And understand the support that the church family can give it to you. My heart is very given towards single parents families. Because I know the struggles. And I know the challenge. I ministry for almost 14 years in Montreal North. Where there is the highest concentration of single parents in all the island of Montreal. Talking with some of those single parents that were coming to our bank food to receive food. Not because they were lazy, not because they were not willing to go to work, but because alone couldn't make it. Paying the rent, the heating, uh, transportation, education for their child, it was very difficult. And as a church, I want to give you a message today 
brothers and sisters, let's be sensitive to those who don't have a full family. Let's show grace and compassion and help to those who are struggling as a single parent to raise their children in the ways of the Lord. Be an encouragement, not a judge. Be an encourager, not a judge. And God will bless because this is what we desire. Going back to our theme now. God created marriage to bless them. In Genesis 1.28, And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Look at the blessing. Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. That's the desire that God has. In God's order, children are given to families. So they can experience His love and learn how to love others. The church has a special role to play. And I pray this morning that as a church we continue to grow. How God blessed families. You know, it's evident. Even Jesus Christ, that God made flesh for us. He came in a family. Joseph and Mary received Jesus. And it was in that environment and love that Jesus grew. Look what Luke chapter 2 verse 52 says. Jesus increased in wisdom and stature in favor with God and man. Jesus had a family environment that allowed him to grow as a human. So he went through all the phases of being a baby, a, a child, a teenager. And he was nourished in his faith, in his encouragement, in his development by the love of Joseph first and Mary after. So God gave a sign to us that even his son was given to a family. And praise God for this. God uses our families to expand his kingdom of love. The home is the place in which its truths should be lived out and taught. It should be a safe place where children learn how to love and how to receive God's love for them. Families should be a place where children are learning how to know God. I know, maybe I'm not politically correct this morning, but I truly feel to say that. When was the last time that your son, your daughter saw you praying your knees? When was the last time that your son or daughter saw you crying before God, interceding for their lives? When was the last time that they saw you praying for them? When you prayed last time to accompany them going out to school and for protection? When was the last time that your children saw you serving the church, committed to serve God, even giving financially and teaching them how we should honor God with the first portion of our income and say, you know, son, you know, daughter, this is the portion that God deserves from us because we are grateful for what he has given to us. And I praise the Lord for this because our children are learning. There is a power in example. There is a, a formation that comes with the example that you receive. And today if I'm standing here is because I had a great example in my parents. 
My father instilled in my heart the love for God's word. My mother instilled in my heart the love for prayer. She was a prayer warrior. Doesn't matter how busy was the day, she was going in her room. You can scream at her. An Italian way, like this. I saw her turning around and saying, don't disturb me. This is my time with God. Families are very important. And uh, we expand God's kingdom through that. And then family is good. as God's design place for discipleship. I truly believe that. Our children need to know that God has a special purpose for them. They are not just an accident. And please don't say, oh, you are the result of an accident to your child. You can damage him forever. God blessed you with that child. Love them. Many young people today are not following the Lord because they didn't find a place where they could receive discipleship in God's ways. And this is the result of secularism that is so present in our society. Especially here in Quebec. Let's be honest. Quebec is a very hard soil to raise children in God's way. But have hope. If God called us to be here in this time, in this province, he will also give you the strength to raise your child in the ways of the Lord. Because he's faithful. Parents have a relatively short time to influence their children. I want you to know, if you're raising a child, the most critical years are the first ones. You are the one to do the job. And I say this often. The church is here to reinforce what you are doing at your home. Don't think that the church has the main responsibility to raise your child in the ways of the Lord. The church will be reinforcing what you are doing at your home. And you know why I say that? Because in the most beautiful, ideal world, your child will spend five hours here on the church ground and premises to listen, maybe a Sunday school class or a youth group. But many are the hours that we spend with you. And I believe that the Lord will give us skills that are able to address the education, the spiritual education of our child or children. There was a man in the Old Testament. It was the father of Samson, the judge. And the father's name was Manoah. And Manoah, he didn't know how to be a parent. He never had a child before. So he prayed and he said, how can we raise our child? Can you teach us? That's the most humble and effective prayer that we can give and express it to the Lord. Because when we pray like that, the Lord will equip us to do His work. When families are doing the work and children are growing the fear of the Lord, we will reverse the tendency. You know that evangelical churches today have a very low rate of keeping their own children in church. Very low. You will be surprised. Do you know who are their eyes? The Mormons. Because since they are young, since they are born, Mormons are taking some money apart 
And he put it year after year to educate them, to allow their children to spend one year at least in mission. Just to learn to serve God. Are we doing that? No. We must be intentional. Let me tell you, parents, in church, family, today there is such aggressive work of the enemy to steal children from the family and from God. We cannot think that just without being intentional, those children will be retained in our church. We must be active, intentional, doing our best to keep our children within the work of the Lord. I know salvation is personal. We cannot determine the salvation of the decision of our children. Salvation is personal. We are five siblings. My parents give the same example, the same teaching to all of us. Two of my brothers are not serving the Lord. Yet, I say. My parents die without seeing them saved. And I know that it was the greatest pain that he had, they had. My mother, just before dying, said, please don't forget to pray for your brothers. That was one of the last sentences that she said to me. Salvation is personal, but I don't want to be one day before the Lord and having the regrets and not having done whatever was in my strength to bring them in the feet, at the feet of Jesus Christ. And uh, what I'm trying to say to you and to give you hope, doesn't matter if they're not living with you, if they're old, if they grow up, have faith in God. Continue to pray for them. Continue to intercede. Continue to show a godly example. You are planting a seed in their hearts. I'm praying that my two brothers one day at work will meet somebody that will share the gospel. Or something that will happen to them that will open their hearts to receive Jesus Christ. I don't want to stop it to pray for them. Because God is faithful. God is faithful. So be encouraged with that. And let me wrap up this message with uh, some final application. Discipling in the family is a hard task, but not an impossible task. It's difficult, but it's possible. Because God is equipping us for that. And you see, God used the family as a platform to expand the purposes that he has for our children. I want to give you this example Abraham was not perfect. Even if he was called the friend of God, he was a liar too. Don't you know that Abraham lied? Yeah, no one time, more than one time. But God used him. You don't need to be a perfect parent because there's no one, right? But you have to be available to the call of God. Abraham was available to hear from God. And I love what Genesis chapter 12, verse 2 and 3 says, when God called Abraham, he gave you a mission, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you will be, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. I pray that our families become like Abraham. Place where we receive blessing to be a blessing for others. Amen. 
And then God can help any family. And again, I want to say this. If you are a single family, if you have a family that is no Christian, if you have a family that doesn't give you the opportunity to be raised in a Christian environment, let's keep in mind that God can change this. Young Timothy had a father that was no Christian. It was a Greek. But praise the Lord, his mother and his grandmother, they give such a godly example to Timothy that he grew up in the ways of the Lord. And I love what Paul says to Timothy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now I'm sure dwells in you as well. It was not a perfect family, but God honored the spouse that was faithful to God. And if you are alone, and maybe you have your husband and your wife that are not saved, Listen, God will honor your faith. He will honor your faith. As honor the faith in Timothy. And then God made a new family called the church. I love that. God the Father sacrificed his own son. So the church family could be created. So we can be adopted in his family. And John 1.12 says, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become Children or sons of God. Praise the Lord. We are not orphans. We are not alone. We have the family of God. And we have the higher priority to maximize our resources, our efforts to bring children in the ways of the Lord. And those newcomers in the Lord are our babies that we need to cherish, we need to nourish, and we need to be a godly example for each one of them. So may God bless us and may God give us the assurance that he will continue to sustain us as we raise our children in the fear of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Can we all stand in his presence?